0: Castaine comes onto the back stretch, determined to grab the race lead. Starts to inch ahead, gets a fender out in front, completes the pass. Oh, here comes Martin Truex Jr. And they make contact. Side by side into the banking of turn one. Oh, contact between Chastain. They're in the wall. Chas in the wall, Chastain came up.
1: Larson came down. They get together, and the lead two are torn up. William Byron, at his turn number four, to the chaos of the last few laps, emerges as a winner at Darlington Raceway. Revenue drives everything. The NASCAR fan is the most accepting of commercialization of all professional sports fans, and they are loyal. As a group, they are the most loyal of any professional sports fan base. This is where we connect a sponsor-friendly,
0: loyal NASCAR fan to your radio station revenue. This is Selling Speed,
1: the podcast where we help you drive revenue with your host, Bob Quick from MRN. Hello again and welcome. I want to remind you that you can get this content each month sent directly to your smartphone or other listening device by subscribing or following for free at any of the major podcast platforms. Just search Selling Speed. This is a special episode of Selling Speed in conjunction with the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. It's the second of these collaborations that we've done with the folks at Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works, and it was a distinct honor of mine to do so. I was able to talk with two of radio's preeminent consultants, Lloyd Ford from Rainmaker Pathways and Kent Phillips of TCCP Radio. Between them, they have worked with hundreds of stations to make them better both on air and on the street. They understand the value that NASCAR can bring to a radio station and provided some great insight. Kent is also a partner with FMR Associates, a research firm specializing on data to help radio stations. Motor Racing Network recently worked with FMR to round out data we have about the NASCAR fan in markets smaller than DMA rank 88. Why, you ask? Well, that data is unattainable from Nielsen Scarborough. As a network specializing in a sport born in the rural and smaller suburban areas of the country, we felt it was important to supplement our Scarborough research from the top 88 DMAs with qualitative information based in the other 120 DMAs not collected by Scarborough. Enter the local radio analysis product from FMR Associates. We will deep dive into these results on June the 7th in a webinar for affiliates and give out this information to you because we have licensed it from FMR to enhance your sales efforts. What network actually gives you research? Well, we're going to do that. Email me at bequick at mrn.com. Bequick at mrn.com to get your invite to the webinar. Once again, that is bequick at mrn.com. Make sure you include your name, your email address, and your call letters to get the invite to our June 7th webinar on the next-gen NASCAR fan, a deep dive into our study with FMR Associates. So without further ado, let's take a listen to the conversation I had about the next-gen NASCAR fan with Lloyd Kent and our friend Meg Butterly, who helped us introduce our topics.
0: Welcome to a special one-time episode of the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. On this special episode, listen, we're going to share and we're going to talk about the Next Gen Era NASCAR Consumer Study. This has been commissioned by Motor Racing Network for spring 2023. This study is so fresh, it has only just been completed by FMR Associates using their brand new, I guess it's new local radio analysis product to uncover the latest information on nascar fans in the next gen era listen these research results will give local nascar radio sellers partners and broadcasters a rare opportunity to look under the hood of the modern American racing audience. Listen, my name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works or what we call ourselves RPC. Our practice is an actual multiplier, helping local radio generate higher ratings and higher revenue. And that means we work on helping our clients with the revenue side too ideas are the new technology reach out anytime i know you're asking yourself so i'll just say it we're affordable schedule a meet up by email it's so easy f-o-r-d at rainmakerpathway.com on this episode i will be joined by bob quick who lives his professional life wide open and surrounded by the stars of nascar he's backstage just where you think he is in the racing world and connected to radio bob is director radio partnerships and traffic at motor racing network he and his team are just starting to share the brand new research on an audience so important that presidential candidates spend extra time extra effort and extra money to connect their campaigns in every presidential election cycle with this important audience and that's no accident. You're about to find out why this audience may be even more important to advertisers than previously thought. And the information we are going to share with you will create highly sellable moments for local radio. We're also going to be joined on this one-time research event by Kent Phillips. Now, get this. Kent Kent is managing partner of FMR Associates who fielded this study with their new local radio analysis product to give you an updated, close-up view of the NASCAR fans in the next-gen era. But Kent is also president and partner at TCCP Radio and partner of The Ranch FM and Ride FM in Montana and Sunny FM in Washington. So listen up. I might have to ask Kent after this broadcast, how do you do it all? What better person for us to ask the tough questions about this study and how it's put together than a pro radio guy like Kent? We're also writing on this special podcast episode with Meg Butterly, an experienced high profile morning personality. She has been very successful and has a successful history working on winning morning shows, including in Charlotte, very high-profile NASCAR market, major market personality ACM award winner, and nine-time CMA nominee for major market personality. Meg will be sharing a variety of critical pieces directly from this research project today, right down the street from one of the most famous NASCAR tracks in the entire world. Buckle up because this NASCAR audience project specifically looked into audience right now, today, in different parts of the country to give you a balanced look at what this audience really looks like. In different regions of the country, so that you don't get a generic view, you get some very instrumental specific views. This includes the Ohio Basin, the Bluegrass State, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Texas, and the Illinois Indiana border region. I'd like to begin talking about this research project by talking to the person with the most ex- expertise about it. That's Kent Phillips. So, Kent, what is the local radio analysis product you used for
2: motor racing network study and how is it executed? So uh, yeah, the uh, I like to build up, by the way, you made me seem more important than I actually am. Uh, the, the local radio analysis is it's kind of it's a it's a neat product in the sense that it, it ranks stations and, and people buy it across the country. Um, Rank stations in a market, 12 plus, 2554, and 3564. So those broad demos. And the reason you do that is you want to put a number on consumer behaviors. And so after you rank the stations, then you have a list of different kinds of consumer behaviors, car buying, truck buying, ATV buying, grocery shopping, those kinds of things. And you find out in this study, when we do them in any market across the country, what basically the consumer behaviors are for the entire market and indexing against each individual station in the case of this we used it in a kind of a unique way in that not only did we rank the stations but then we put in motor racing and nascar so we were able to look at the behaviors of people who enjoy motor racing nascar all across as well and index it against the market so kind of a unique way to do it Uh, just methodology wise for research speak we use uh, digital diaries um so and that really is the current methodology of eastland which is our partner uh eastland ratings and uh nielsen literally this week announced they're moving to digital diaries online diaries instead of the old paper diaries so by 2025 we'll all be on the same system so it's sort of the standard system now and um we broke out all the stations in each market and then we broke out motor racing in each market and in this study and by using multiple markets, you get a, a good idea. of It's not just one market or anything else driving it. You get a really good idea of the consumer behaviors of basically motor racing fans across the country. I like that this thing looked
0: at different parts of the country to give you individual looks that you might not have thought were coming to a study like this. Bob Quick, of course, as I think a lot of people know, especially if you're tied to radio and you've had any interaction with NASCAR has one of the closest chairs between NASCAR drivers, the sport and radio itself. He knows what went into looking at the next gen NASCAR audience because he's essentially a person that sits at the table of NASCAR today. Bob, what was your thought process and what was MRN's thought process for the markets that you chose to study?
1: Well, to be frank with you, um, we, we, we commissioned this study for two purposes. Number one, we wanted to put real data in the hands of our affiliate stations, our current affiliates, while also Uh, arming our own selves uh, for prospecting in areas that we felt we should be in. Um, And by that, I mean similar places as places um, that we are already in. Those were places that we chose to study. Um, Similar partners uh, somewhere else in the same region where we decided to study. And we also looked at places where we may have had a successful partner in the past, but currently don't have one. Uh, people sometimes ask, you know, why if a station is successful with NASCAR or Motor Racing Network programming or our friends over at uh, Performance Racing Network, um, w- w- why are you looking for a, par- a partner? Why why'd you lose the partner? And I tell them it's just like in local advertising sales. Um, when there's a change in management, even the most successful partnerships are scrutinized and can become uh, in jeopardy. It happens to us on the national level as far as uh, our advertising sales go. When when there's a change uh, at the CMO level at a major corporation, that new guy comes in with his new ideas, not wanting to do what the guy before him did, whether it was successful or not. And the same thing goes for radio station PDs and radio station GMs. It's all just part of the Doing sales, you know, it's the nature of all forms of sales that you know clients come and go, whether you've done a good job for them or not. In a lot of cases, Kent with LRA,
0: I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. What is your goal per market for participants? Uh, you know, in other words, tell us about their ages, their gender
2: breakouts, and how are they selected and interviewed. So the, the goal in any good research and certainly with the local radio analysis, the R.A. is to match the market demographics exactly. Um, so what we end up doing is we'll match it by gender, we'll match it by zip code. Um, so and then and then we'll we'll try to get very close in terms of sample uh based on the size of a market so th- there's never less than 250 like a market of 50,000 people or so would have about 250 people in the study because uh, you need that many just to match it all up and uh in this in this particular one there was 12 000, or 1250 participants in the studies spread out over mm-hmm. the individual markets and an example uh 2554 adults let's say a market is 36 percent 2554 adults that's exactly how many we recruit into the study so we try to keep it as pure as we can, not bias it one way or the other. Bob, let's look at
0: this, because I'm really interested in this. Were you surprised by the results yourself? You're so close to everything. I know that you have a plethora of information already. Or did you expect them to come back this positive?
1: Well, to give you a little background, um, with network radio, you kind of live in the television world, the Nielsen DMA world. So we, you know, we don't buy um, Metro numbers. We buy DMA numbers because that's how national advertisers buy. Um, so we've had access uh, to Nielsen data uh, as far as ratings are concerned and in, in all the DMAs. But we only have uh, the qualitative that you can get from Scarborough in those top 88 DMAs. That's all they offer. Um it's great information on NASCAR fans and the sports population popularity um in those places but we found that most of the stations that we work with um either don't have an agreement with Scarborough so we couldn't share that information with them or uh the stations uh that we t- are talking to or working with are in the other 120 DMAs in the country so when we saw early ads in the radio trades for the uh local radio analysis project uh product from uh, from FMR um, we we thought this might be a great way uh, to round out that data for the DMAs that are smaller than the top 88 that we can we 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 get from Scarborough. We also proposed to FMR that if we did this study, we wanted to be able to license it so that we could share it with our partners. Scarborough helps our sales department sell to national advertisers, but there's limited information that my team can use when we're out there prospecting for new markets for our programming. Knowing that uh, Scar- knowing that knowing what Scarborough says about NASCAR, I had a pretty good idea and uh, uh, some confidence that we were going to see some positive results, some very positive results working with Kent and the FMR team. Okay, Kent, we're we're about to see
0: some. We're about to see some actual results. What opened your eyes
2: when you first
0: started seeing results in this study come back?
2: I think the number one thing that jumped out at me, and it didn't certainly Bob was correct, and he picked some very good categories, but the, the, mo- the number one thing that jumped out at me is these people are consumers. They're buyers. They're not sitting at home, not buying things and watching TV all day long. They're out doing things, buying things. They're active. And so that just zip through. it. also, interestingly, they have money. Uh, earlier, you mentioned about elections. They vote in elections. Um, so a lot of things that you might have thought one way or the other. Now we know, in fact, this is how these people are. They're very active. They're spenders. So it's it's not, they're not the people that keep their money at home. They take their money out and they spend it. Um, the other thing was the number of fans in every market. I, maybe Bob wasn't surprised. I was just surprised at the just number of fans. And it's not just all men. It's women, too. So you, you, we saw a huge number of fans. And as a programmer, an old programmer, the number of fans in each market was more than any single radio station had. So if I'm sitting at a single radio station, I'm thinking, wait a minute, I can do this and bring this queue to my station. It's kind of a dream. We're all trying to bring that dream in. And then um, the other thing I would say that really surprised me, maybe one of the first things I talked to Bob about when I saw the study is, how many different types of formats, which we'll talk about later, um, and music that these folks like, you know, your assumption is, oh, they're rock and country fans. That's true. But you'd be very, very surprised at the other kinds of music and things that these folks do. So I think we all tend to pigeonhole people, um, no matter what sport they're watching or what they're doing. Don't do that with NASCAR. You, this, this was eye opener for me. There's always the stereotypes. Let's look
0: at some of the details now.
3: Yeah, so across all markets and radio formats, over a third of the respondents were found to be fans of motorsports. And 92% of those are specifically fans of NASCAR.
1: Uh, What does this say to you? Well, Lloyd, NASCAR has been America's favorite form of auto racing. For decades, um, like many sports, it's had its ups and downs in overall popularity. But the constant has always been that when you're talking about auto racing in the United States, you're talking about NASCAR. Uh, F1 has seen some growth over the last couple of years. Uh, before what I'm seeing, it looks more like they're in competition with IndyCar, another form of open wheel racing, uh, than NASCAR. Uh, in, in fact, the Miami Grand Prix went up head to head with the NASCAR Cup Series race in Kansas just a couple weeks ago, the Kansas race beat the F1 race in Miami by over 700,000 viewers. Now, you might think, well, that's not a huge difference. Well, it kind of is if you dig just a little bit deeper. We uh, were on the cable satellite channel FS1, okay? They were on traditional over-the-air ABC television network, or if you think about it, your local ABC station no matter how you receive it, whether it's cable or over the air or or via satellite. Um, FS1 is available in less than 60% and actually closer to 55% of the homes in the U.S. when ABC local television affiliates can be accessed in approximately 85% of the entire country. So what would the numbers look like if the roles were reversed and nascar was on abc and the f1 race was on fs1 well i can tell you that when we are on big fox it's like well, that's like what we what we like to call the over the air fox affiliates across the country similar to the abc example i just mentioned or the NBC television network, your local NBC affiliate, for that matter, we easily add a million or more viewers to every NASCAR race versus the one we're only on uh, stations or channels that can be accessed through only cable or satellite. It's been a lot of cord cutting over the last 10 to 15 years, and it's only uh, just multiplying as time goes on. Now, I'm not saying this to knock F1 or even IndyCar. Okay, They're great products. I I watch them both. I follow them both. And as they say, a rising tide lifts all boats. Um, And I can't wait for this Sunday. The Sunday of Memorial Day weekend is the greatest day in auto racing every year. You have F1 from Monaco and the beautiful views along the coast in the morning. You have the Indy 500, the greatest spectacle in racing in Indianapolis in the afternoon. Over 100 years old that race is and the Coke 600 NASCAR race just down the street for where I'm sitting um, at uh, the Charlotte Motor Speedway in the evening. It makes me want to skip church, and it makes my ma- uh, my wife want to move out of the house. Now, I- I'm, k- I'm kidding about that, but there are many NASCAR fans that feel that exact same way. NASCAR is their every week appointment, but they follow the big races from the other series as well.
3: It's so true. 49.3% of NASCAR fans surveyed fall into radio's favorite demographic of 2554.
0: Kent, why is it so important for us to really understand that approximately 50% of NASCAR fans right now are 2554? Why should that
2: be important specifically to radio? Well, the most obvious answer is uh, that's the money demo. When it comes to radio, uh, that's where most of the advertising buys are placed. Uh, anywhere from 50 to 75% are placed in that 25-54 demo. So that's reason number one. If you own a station, you, you know that. Uh, the second reason would be that's also the largest consuming demo. That's the age group where you've got kids or things are going on. You're buying, you're buying, you're buying. So that ties to the earlier thing we talked about is that NASCAR and motor racing folks are big consumers, it would make sense then that they would be in the biggest consumer buying demo, which would be 2554. And should also point out that you use the statistic of 49%, you need to compare it to the general population. The general population isn't 49%, 2554, it's more like 37%. So it really out indexes the general population overall, NASCAR does.
3: And under 50% of adults in the U.S. are married, but almost 51% of NASCAR fans from the study are married.
0: Now, Bob, uh, let's talk about this. How do you use this marriage statistic to sell NASCAR on the radio?
1: Lloyd, that's easy. It's the same assumptions that uh, people have been making for years about their radio station's audience. Um, When I was a programmer, we sold that way back in the 90s. When I sold local radio 10 years ago, that's how we sold radio. And that's how a lot of our affiliates, our local station affiliates sell today, um, making those same assumptions. When people are married, you can assume that they're homeowners or they will be soon. You can assume they have kids. You can assume that they're employed. And you think about all those advertising categories that open up when you make assumptions like those about married people, automotive, home improvement. Banks and credit unions, outdoor equipment, lawn and garden, insurance. The list is almost endless that you can go after when you make these assumptions about married people.
3: Yeah. Now, the NASCAR Next Gen study revealed that almost every radio format has a portion of its audience that are NASCAR fans.
0: This is really interesting, Kent. All due respect, Bob and his team they didn't really have to pay your team to find out that sports country and classic rock formatted stations have NASCAR fans. We all kind of get that, right? It's kind of like, that's the stereotypical stuff, but what
2: format surprised you and why? Well, this was, I think I mentioned earlier, one of the biggest surprises of what, what NASCAR fans, motor racing fans like to listen to. Um, not only country rock, but classic hits, news talk were all very big. What surprised me was the the number of people that listened, who listened to like Christian formats, Christian AC, Christian contemporary music, uh, very big out, out indexes the general population. Uh, the Tejano formats in some market, Hispanics formats were very much involved in liking this. And even, even, um, when you look at a station that's primarily female centric, soft, like AC or a top 40, uh, we found that even in those formats, you've got about a third of the audience that really enjoys uh, motor racing and NASCAR. So there, there's a big, big appeal to this that, again, we talked about this earlier. You need to kind of change your perception. I know I did about what and who a NASCAR fan is.
3: Of the 21 consumer categories measured, NASCAR fans out-indexed every one as compared to the general population and in every market studied.
0: Can that be? Look, you you had to have stacked the deck. and, And, Bob, you had to have stacked the deck and only, what, you only ask about traditional advertising categories for NASCAR? Well,
1: you know, we had to ask about ad 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 categories that we we traditionally do well as a barometer, right? We got to know how we're doing. It's kind of a report card um, for those categories. And frankly, they're very important to both us, but as NASCAR, but also to radio, uh, automotive, restaurants, home improvement, outdoor equipment. But when... But we also asked about categories that many stations miss when they're prospecting for NASCAR dollars, things like financial services, cell phones, and electronics, medical and health services, casinos, uh, the the use and, 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 and subscribing to streaming services. These are all categories that can open a client's eyes to the next gen NASCAR fan. And we found that the, they are still the most loyal and sponsor-friendly fans in all sports. The NASCAR fans did not disappoint us with these results, and they they out-indexed uh, in all those categories I just listed in more.
0: Now, listen, you've been listening to us give you some details about what has come about from this brand-new study, and, and this is very, very fresh information. You've got to be asking yourself, how can I get my hands on it? You can always get more information about this NASCAR study directly by reaching out to Bob Quick, be quick at MRN.com. Bob, that is a very cool email address. Be quick and get the results. Get more free resources to help your sellers with our encouraging sales success series inside the free blog at RainmakerPathway.com anytime. We're here to encourage radio pros at all levels. Remember. If you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, please email me, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We like to say at Rainmaker Pathway and here on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. If you need to know what that means, please call me anytime. I'm very passionate about what local radio means. Yes, right now. We want to thank our special guest in this podcast episode, of course, Meg Butterly, who is an amazing morning show talent and also now an expert in digital, including reputation management and more. She's always sharpening up what she knows and how she can be valuable. Bob Quick, of course, who is the guy sitting in the center lane for radio and NASCAR and Kent Phillips, who might be the busiest man in show business, managing partner of FMR Associates, who fielded this study with their local radio analysis product to give you an updated close-up view of the NASCAR fans in the next-gen era, and also president and partner of TCCP Radio. Uh, I don't even think that covers everything he has going on. We want to say a very big thank you uh, to each of these guests for being our patient and giving guests during this first study reveal for NASCAR next gen uh, era. And of course, a special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the encouragers, the radio rally podcast, which will be available in minutes or sooner. And thanks to just for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast, please. this is the only thing we ask you do. If you listen to these podcast episodes, please do share the encouragers, the radio rally podcast with others who are interested in growing their careers in audio and radio. Anyone can subscribe anywhere in the world for free on Apple, audible, Spotify, or almost anywhere you get your podcast. If you don't remember anything from this, episode. Remember this, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being part of the radio rally and the encouragers. Go have a great week.
1: What an incredible conversation. Once again, if you'd like to take a deep dive into this next-gen NASCAR fan data, make sure you send me an email to join our June 7th webinar. I can send you the invite when you email me your name, email address, and call letters to bequick at mrn.com. That's bequick at mrn.com. This is the part of the podcast where we highlight a MRN team member or talent, MRN program or affiliate. But as we head into the biggest day in racing annually, and I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, that Sunday of Memorial Day weekend features three of the biggest races on the motorsports calendar each year with Formula One in Monaco, the Indianapolis 500, and the Coca-Cola 600 from Charlotte, I thought I might explain something that we get asked about on a regular basis. Why are there two radio networks, it's really technically three, that cover NASCAR racing? It's really a simple answer. Each track, each individual NASCAR track, owns its own broadcast rights. Now, NASCAR itself contracts with the tracks to negotiate as a whole on behalf of them with the television networks for their television coverage. And you may have seen in the news or on social media that they are currently in negotiations going on now for the next contract to take over after 2024. However, when it comes to radio, because there are two primary owners of NASCAR tracks, both NASCAR itself and Speedway Motorsports Incorporated, There are two main companies that produce NASCAR racing for the radio. In our case, we are owned by NASCAR, and Motor Racing Network has agreements in place to cover the NASCAR-owned tracks plus Pocono and Worldwide Technology Raceway in St. Louis. The Performance Racing Network, or PRN, is owned by Speedway Motorsports Incorporated the other big owner of NASCAR tracks in the NASCAR universe. Places like Bristol Motor Speedway, Charlotte Motor Speedway, Sonoma, and others. And the outlier, the Brickyard 400 each year, competes at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Well, Indy has its own radio network because of the IndyCar Open Wheel Racing Series. So that race is covered by the Indianapolis Motor Speedway radio network. I know, clear as mud. Well, I just want you to know that we do work hand-in-hand with both PRN and the IMS radio network. Because unlike your competitors on the air 24-7 competing for every single listener that they can get in your individual market, MRN and PRN, we're never on the air at the same time because NASCAR will never schedule a race against itself. So in reality, we work together hand-in-hand to try to help you, the local radio NASCAR affiliate. It would only hurt you or any of our local affiliates if we tried to work against one another. I hope that sheds some light on the relationship between us and PRN and IMS Radio Network. And I hope it helps you understand that when you call us to ask about a PRN race, we're still going to do everything that we can to help you out and get an answer for you. That does it for Selling Speed, the podcast, our special episode with the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. I highly suggest that you subscribe to their podcast as well. It is a great podcast just about the radio industry, and you can learn a lot and get a lot out of it from people all over this this great industry that we call radio. Thanks again for listening. Remember... Subscribe or follow depending upon what major platform you're listening to Selling Speed from. It's free, and then when you do that, this content comes automatically to your smartphone as soon as we post it. Thanks again. I am your host, Bob Quick from
3: MRN. Happy Selling.